Welcome to Uncaged. Today we're speaking with Shayla Gage. Shayla is the Senior Vice President of Talent, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging. Did I get all the words in there, Shayla? <laughs> <laughs> Shayla is responsible for the development and creation of the strategic long-term hiring plan and initiatives to advance diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging across the organization. So we'll be talking a lot about that DEIB space, but before we get there, Shayla, tell us a little bit about you and your career. Me and my career. I've landed at RAF after 25 years of HR and DE&I experience. I started my HR career back, um, and I'll, I'll age myself, when Sprint was a thing. Um, remember Bell South and Sprint back in the day, Pagers back in the day. Um, my HR career started there. My recruiting career actually started when a friend opened their own executive search firm and asked me to come in. And so I started doing HR consulting. I ended up having my own executive search firm. And this was during the, the time where finding diverse talent in tech was very difficult. And so for me, it was placing women and women of color in technology. Some of my um, companies at the time were Cisco, Google, JDSU. Um, and what I realized was placing diverse talent. I can place this talent all day long. If the organizations aren't ready to accept the talent, if their organizations aren't uh, mature enough to, to embrace the talent, instead of asking for talent to acclimate, letting talent be themselves, then I could place the talent, but they're gonna end up leaving. So I ended yeah. up, one of, my, one of my clients asked me to come internal and manage recruiting for them. So I did that. And that was my first four-way into being an in-house recruiter and managing DE&I. So what's interesting about me, to know, to know me is to know that I love recruiting. I love recruiting, mm -hmm. I love diversity, but to know me is also to know that I grew up in foster care. And between the ages of seven and 17, I lived in 10 different homes. Four of them were group homes. What that did for me, yes, it, it created who I am today. But I know for a fact that jobs change lives. I've seen it for myself. I've seen it in the youth that I've mentored. And so taking my executive search experience and my foster experience, I created a nonprofit organization called Miles Above, and we placed emancipated foster youth. So that's foster youth that's about to graduate into adulthood. We placed them into permanent positions. So not only did we place them, but we mentored them. Because one of the things that I had, my first job, as I mentioned, was at Sprint and HR. When my employer gave me feedback, I just thought, okay, I'm packing my bags, I'm leaving, this is it. It's time to yeah. go. And I had a leader that was like, no, we're going to get through this together. This is just feedback. And I mm. saw that when I was placing emancipated foster youth in jobs, they were thinking the same thing. I got feedback. Okay, it's time for me to go. And so my, I spent 10 years placing emancipated foster youth into jobs. And then at the same time, my career 
grew. I worked for Nissan North America, placing engineers and all across the gamut, um, all, all across the globe because Nissan mm-hmm. is a global organization. And then I worked for Pratt and Whitney placing aerospace engineers. So my background is all high tech, all engineering. And then when Reformation called, one of the things I said was, you do know that my background is engineering. I'm not fashion. <laughs> I'm not a fashionista. But one of the things that I realized is that, and most other people in, in my field know this, recruiting and DEI is industry agnostic. The strategy that it takes to create representational goals or the strategy to bring talent into an organization can be the same regardless of industry. And yeah. that one of the things that I realized the higher up you go, the more homogeneous teams look, both mm. in high tech and in fashion. So the struggle that we all have, that we all talk about in diversity and high tech, it exists across other industries as well. I mean, Chayla, wow. I'm just uh, stunned here. So it, what an amazing background. And certainly, I'd say one that gives you a very unique vantage point to explore the DEI space, come up with solutions, and really understand, I think, you know, almost intuitively and through your life experiences, this idea of how to truly build a culture where it sticks. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. There's a lot of lip service in the DEI space, but getting it to stick and actually getting that part of an organization going forward, there's a lot that needs to happen there. So I called it reformation. You called it ref, much cooler. (laughs) Much cooler to call it ref. So tell me more now. You're at Ref. Now you are a fashionista, Chela, whether you like it or not. Tell me more about what you and the team are up to there. Yes, I love working at Reformation. And yes, I call it Ref. Um, We call our ladies Ref Babes, um, Ref Gents as well. (laughs) We have Gents. And so my role is bringing recruiting, creating the recruiting strategy bringing talent into the organization, but as well as creating an environment of inclusion and belonging for that talent. And so what I also love, and the reason why when Ref called, I said, yes, being in diversity, being in DE&I, I've always been on the business to business side. So I've always, I've always consulted other businesses on how to be better. Um, or how to how to launch DEI strategies and how to make DEI stick, how to make recruiting better at an organization. But being on the D to C side, what I see every day is my ability of my capability of influencing what happens for my internal employees. It extends to the external customer. For example. Just yesterday, I was asked, Chayla, what's your recommendation on messaging that we want to put out that goes with our tags and our QR codes on our merchandising? Because we want our customers to feel included when they see our tags. So what's your recommendation? Mm. I didn't have that on the engineering side. When we launched our customer survey, um, we I wanted to make sure that we were asking the question of sexual orientation to understand um, where our customers 
perspectives are, their point of view, their lived experiences. And we were able to include that as well as race and gender on our customer survey, allowing us to better understand who they are. And so those are some external things that I'm working on on the rough side. Additionally, working on what we call a DEIB certificate. And one of the things that I know People want people, um, most people are growth people, meaning they seek to be better. Um, and most people, once they know, they do better. And so mm. a lot of organizations don't have the fundamentals set up in order to launch, in order to be what they want to be. And so what I've spent the last 18 months doing here at Reformation is really building our foundation. And that DEIB certificate is one that we've launched to all of our leaders. And it means in order to be a leader here at RAF, you've had to take four classes around inclusion and diversity. And those four class, and if you don't take those four classes, you may not be, in order to be promoted, you have right. to take those four classes. And I, I love that because it holds leaders accountable. It's building psychological safety, creating an environment that's anti-racism, hiring inclusively, and being an inclusive leader. Now, all yeah. of that, it doesn't matter what your race, gender, sexual orientation is, that helps you be a better leader for reformation. So yeah. those are some of the things that we're working on here at RAF. In addition, we're building out how do we bring in diverse entry-level talent to the organization? How do we create career paths from retail into corporate so that our talent sees themselves staying with us for longer than two to three years? And how do we build um, an environment of inclusion and belonging for our employees so that when our customers walk into our stores, they feel warm and welcome? So those are all the things that we've got going on here at RAF. That's an impressive collection of activities, Chela. And I'd say that when I hear you talk about REF and Reformation, that we're talking about an organization that has really put what you are working on in the DEIB space at its core. I mean, wow, what a collection of activity there, you know, from yeah. the tags for the product all the yeah. way through to courses that the management teams have to take. I mean, yeah. I would say that's a pretty complete solution there. And I would probably then have to say that Reformation goes to the top of the class here in terms of the company <laughs> getting this stuff right. But, you know, when I look out, the DEI space really um, got a tremendous amount of focus in 2020 with everything that happened in the summer of 2020. And yes. I would say that you had every senior leader of every company around the world, especially in the United States, make promise after promise after promise. Right. And I'd just be curious to get your read on where are we right now? I mean, are we making progress? And, you know, where are we on that trajectory? You know, I think we are making progress. And I think here's what, here's, I've seen DE&I cycles over the past 25 years. And yeah. I've seen us, us as DEI consultants be noisy and that noise not get elevated. What has happened as a result of the social unrest of, 
social unrest of 2020 is the noise hasn't stopped, which is a good and a bad, right? The noise, and let me let me reframe, the voiceover, the communication, the calling organizations out, the social media influence hasn't stopped since 2020. And because right. of that, that's why I think we're making success because I've seen in past years where organizations have stepped up or have like quietly created sponsorship programs. And that's right. been something that's been accoladed on McKinsey, or they might have had come out as a great place to work and their DEI is one of the reasons why. But now like boards of organizations are holding organizations accountable. Stakeholders are holding organizations accountable. So it's more than just the DEI consultant. And I've seen as a benefit of the social unrest of 2020, the DEI role has been elevated in a lot of companies, but that elevate and that elevation has allowed deeper conversations and accountability. So that's why I believe we are making progress. Not to to also state that for every two steps forward, I do see us taking one step back because yeah. in recent months we've seen um a, a slew of DEI professionals leave their elevated roles. And they've left their roles because one, organizations, some organizations did performatory work, meaning mm -hmm. they took actions to look good, but didn't, they, they talked the talk, but didn't walk the walk band. No, I mean, I, that's kind of what I was trying to get at, Taylor, yeah. because look, the reality is over the history of every corporation, you see these titles that appear in organizations. So at the beginning of digital, every company suddenly needed a chief digital officer. And, and today, you know, there's a tremendous amount of focus on this idea of almost like a chief diversity, equity and inclusion and belonging officer. And what I guess I've noticed on in large companies is that whilst they have structured at times a budget for that DEI exercise, they really haven't made it part of an operating scheme. So it almost operates slightly outside of the system in a way. So you see these incredibly talented people joining these organizations in these roles. And I watch as they kind of like move the needle forward really quickly. And then suddenly it's like, they're out of there. And it's out yeah. of there because they just can't somehow Break. I don't know, make it part of the operation, you know? I don't know what it is, but yeah. Well, Ben, you said it. Like, one of the things that made me attracted to Ref was my CEO. In my interview with her, one of the things that I said was, as a Black woman, I am not as familiar with Ref as you probably want me to be. And mm -hmm. that is because you're the clothes don't fit the curves of my body in the way that I would like it to. And mm -hmm. being inclusive means being making clothes for everyone. And one of the things that my CEO said, yes, you're right. 
And now if you go on our website, there's a boob filter and it allows you, it allows you to know which clothes at rest will hold your curves in the way that women of color like to have our curves, our curves held. And so, <laughs> but it goes down to that. So when stakeholders, when board members are holding organizations accountable, it goes down to the granularity of how is this embedded in your systems and your policies and your practices? Because yeah. if it's not embedded, systemic um, DE&I can only make changes if you make it at the systemic level. Because yeah. when I walk away from my seat, I want to know that the changes I put in place aren't going to lead just because I walked away. It needs right. to be embedded as a part of the organization's operational structure. And yeah, it can't I mean, be, you can't have one DEI leader doing everything. Like that's when I see organizations come to me and they're like, yeah, we have a DEI person, but she isn't able to do da da da. Well, she doesn't have the resources needed. And I can tell that just by, how you mentioned what she is or isn't capable of doing because it is not a he or a she, it is a we. Yeah, you've nailed it. Shayla, I think it's a great description. And certainly it sounds like you and the Reformation team are headed in the right direction. But let me shift gears a little bit here and talk a little bit more about you again. I mean, this is a passionate area, generally speaking, the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging areas is something that people feel very passionately about. But when someone commits their careers to this type of space, you ask really, what is the driver of that passion? And you alluded to your childhood. I don't know exactly what is the driver here, but tell me a little bit about what makes you passionate about what you do. For me, I wanna make, I, this is going to sound cheesy, but I am raising three Black boys and there are certain, I've lived across many different, my, my, my jobs have allowed me to live in the South. I've lived in Tennessee, Georgia. I've lived in the Northeast and Connecticut. I've lived in the West. And there are some environments that I've lived in where I've, I've been nervous about my kids coming back home mm. safe and I want to live in a world in which my children can go outside and I am not worried that they are going to be harmed because of the color of their skin mm. I want to live in a world where my sons are their attributes are the value they bring to an organization I want to make sure that they're appreciated for being the individuals that the smart individuals that I've created or that we've created. And I want this for my children and I want this for children, for every child, for generations to come. So I believe that DE&I is the catalyst to that because that in the end, really diversity, equity, and inclusion is about creating inclusive environments. It's yeah. about appreciating the differences of others. And those differences can be geographic. It can be class differences. It could be racial, sexual orientation, but really it's about understanding that we each bring something special to the table and how do we bring how do we bring out the best of each other that's what DEI is about and if we get that right 
then we create organizations and companies that are just, you know, meeting individuals where they are and thriving. Their bottom lines are just thriving because innovation is exists and innovation exists because we are appreciating yeah. the differences of others. So that's why mm -hmm. there's passion for me around the DEI side. And on yeah. the talent acquisition side of the house, I see that jobs change lives. And I also see when you match a person with an employer and it's a good match, that person thrives and that employer thrives. And right. that, like, that, that makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, what an incredible outline, really, on what drives the passion. And certainly, I agree that we're talking about societal change, probably societal catching up, because I think in some areas of society, people have embraced the thinking of DNI, but, you know, a lot of businesses still are at square one. And certainly, if this vision that you shared for the world, an inclusive world, something that's safe for all of us, something that's yeah. prosperous for all of us, okay. something that allows people actually to live their dreams, to remain inspired and plan their own paths. It requires this type of thinking. So yeah. Shayla, excellent stuff. But I mean, here we are in an unusual year where, you know, it's been a lovely, lovely economic cycle. There's never a dull moment in the news, never. But, you know, as we look into 2024 here, you know, what is top of mind for you? And what do you see really kind of coming down the pike for your efforts at Reformation? And really yeah. kind of what do you see in the broader DEIB space? Yeah, you know, Reformation, um, our goals are people and planet, right? Um, I see Reform Reformation as a leader when it comes to sustainable fashion. And I see us leading on the diversity side as well. My leader for every open role that we have, she, my CEO is always, what are, what is the diversity makeup? How can we, what do we need to do to create a pipeline? Understanding, okay, the pipeline doesn't exist today. What, what connections do we need to make? What college level connections do we need to make? What, um, industry networking should we do? How do we collaborate with others so that we're walking the path together on creating diverse talent in the fashion and retail industry? So that's what I see REF doing in 2024 is being a leader in DEI. I also see, and there's the conversation that's happening now between recruiting and DEI that just gets me like, it excites me. And it's this, yeah. what is happening in technology on in HR and it's surrounding AI in HR. But yeah. what is phenomenal about it then is now we're taught, now we're bringing DE&I and engineering back to my wheelhouse of fashion. <laughs> you can take the girl out of technology, <laughs> but it's just because she's going to bring it right back into fashion. Here I'm you go. bringing that. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's all about the engineers, the coders, the who is creating the technology because AI is just, it, it, it regurgitates what currently exists, right? So mm -hmm. we have to create better environments, better organizations, better 
um, engineers, if we want AI to really elevate us, we have some work to do first. And yeah. some of that is making sure we've got the right people in the room who are who are doing the right coding. It's holding these AI companies accountable for their diverse representation of their leadership and and for the people that make the technology. So I I love that that conversation is happening and and like it's just going to make leap and bounds of progress in 2024. Yeah, I think that's a really really good point Shayla and certainly I'd say artificial intelligence has been the topic of 2023 yeah. for sure and yeah. certainly we're seeing in 2024 we're going to see the 2.0 version of those discussions and hopefully building it out. Shayla, if someone wanted to learn more about what you and your team are working on at Reformation, where's the best place to find it? For me, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm a recruiter at heart. And so I've been on LinkedIn for the past 20 some odd years. I post on there often about um, psychological safety, talent acquisition, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I'm, I can also I can be found on LinkedIn at Chayla Gage. And I'm also on um, Twitter and Instagram at tweet at Chay. Well, I mean, clearly, folks, reach out to Chayla. We've been having an amazing conversation today. Chayla, thank you so much for being on the Uncaged Show. We've been speaking with Chayla Gage. She is the Senior Vice President of Talent, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging. D-E-I-B at Reformation. I think that what really stood out to me today is this thought about really building out solutions for an organization at every level, inside and outside of the company, and really making sure that it's tethered to the core of the operation. And if you listen to what Chayla and the team are doing, whether it be having courses that the executive team has to take, whether it be changing tags on your product. I mean, this is incredible. And this is a type of thinking that people talk about. And really, it's quite an excellent example of a company putting this stuff into effect. So Chela, thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. And we look forward to having you back. It's been a pleasure, Ben. Thank you for the conversation.